Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. It's the Reading Bug here with a super special message for the entire kingdom. Today's episode is sponsored by Random House Kids, publishers of incredible picture books like Grumpy Monkey by Suzanne Lang and illustrated by Max Lang. Grumpy Monkey is a wonderful book about a very grumpy monkey. The authors bring hilarity and levity to a very important lesson about expressing your feelings, helping kids learn it's okay to be grumpy sometimes and to have other feelings too, as long as you learn to handle them. And of course, it's always easier when you have friends by your side. Get Grumpy Monkey today at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Hi, reader. Welcome back for part two of our royal adventure to the legendary kingdom of Camelot. Part one was released earlier, so be sure to listen so you're all caught up. I know you're as eager as I am to get back to our adventure, but before we go, I have a few people to thank. Reading Bug Adventures is mixed and mastered by Resonate Recordings. Our stories and music are original, imagined, written, performed, and produced by our family and staff of our independent, family-owned children's bookstore, The Reading Bug. Each episode is made possible by our sponsors and by listeners like you. Visit our page at patreon.com to learn about how you can support our work. Parents, the holidays are here, and if you're looking for a perfectly personalized holiday gift, then go to readingbugbox.com right now. Let our expert store staff take the hassle out of shopping with hand-picked selections for every reader based on their age, interests, and reading level. We'll add our own personal touches and ship it anywhere in the U.S. You can order before December 10th for standard shipping or choose an expedited shipping option to help get it there in time. Instead of shopping those big box retailers, help support independent businesses this holiday season. Thank you. Okay, reader, almost time to go. Do you remember what happened in the first part of our adventure? Yes! We traveled to the legendary, magical kingdom of Camelot, where we encountered the nasty, smelly Trowbridge Troll. But thanks to your bravery and some quick thinking by the reading bug, we were able to escape before being eaten and cross the bridge on our way to the kingdom. Are you ready to continue our adventure? Maybe we'll see King Arthur or Queen Guinevere today. What do you think? Well... What are we waiting for? On the count of three, let's all imagine ourselves back in Camelot. Ready? One, two, three, let's fly! It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip. Hello, reader. You're back. Thanks so much for rejoining me and the reading bug on our way to the legendary kingdom of Camelot. Now that we've rested a while, after a very scary brush with the bridge troll, it's time to finish our walk to the castle. What do you think? Are you ready to go? Great! 
Reading Bug, while we walk, can you tell us some more stories about King Arthur and Camelot? Of course I can, Lauren. Where was I? Oh, yes. After Arthur became king, he assembled a group of knights around him. Maybe you've heard of them. The knights were called the Knights of the Round Table because they sat with King Arthur around a large round table in the Great Hall of the Castle. A round table? Why not a square or rectangular one? The table was round because Arthur wanted it to be clear that all of the knights were equal. And because they were equal, no one, not even the king himself, should sit at the head of the table. Wow, that's very humble of King Arthur. Yes. Lots of kings think they're better than everyone else, like in King Hugo's Big Ego by Chris Van Dusen. But King Arthur tried to promote equality and fairness throughout the kingdom. And why did the Knights of the Round Table become so famous? What did they do? The Knights did what all great knights do. They rescued damsels in distress, slayed dragons, and fought against wicked knights who used their weapons to oppress the poor and defenseless. Those wicked knights were called recreants which means something like cowardly bullies. One of my books, The Adventures of Sir Lancelot by Gerald Morris, says that one by one, the Knights of the Round Table drove the recreants out of England, which led to a time of peace and prosperity for Camelot and for England. Wow, and I think I recall that the Knights of the Round Table had a code they lived by, is that right? Yes, Lauren. The Knights pledged to live by the Code of Chivalry. That required them to be brave, intelligent, loyal to each other and to England, kind to the poor and the weak, courteous to all, and honest. And because the knights were all equal, they pledged to always work together for the common good. Brave, intelligent, loyal, kind, courteous, and honest. Sounds like King Arthur assembled a wonderful team. It makes me think of a song I once heard. Very strange. Did you hear that, reader? Why can't I play my music? Let me try again. Reader, reading bug, what's going on? I can't seem to make any music at all on this island. You're right, Lauren. As soon as the music starts, something is stopping it. What on earth could be stopping our songs? You know, Camelot is a magical and mysterious place. Maybe this has something to do with magic. What kind of magic could stop music from playing, I wonder? Or why? Oh, hey, reading bug, reader. It looks like that question will have to wait, because look, we've reached the castle. It's beautiful. A massive, towering structure right in front of us, with high stone walls and towering turrets. There's a huge wooden door just ahead that may also be a drawbridge, since there's a moat with water all around the castle. Look. The walls of the castle are big and solid, but there are a number of small rectangular holes in the wall. It looks like the wall was built that way. What do you think those holes are for? Oh, oh, I know the answer to that. The holes are called arrow loops, and they are used by people inside the castle to shoot arrows at any enemies outside of the castle who try to enter without permission. And do you know what the big moat is for? Well... I suppose the moat is to stop enemies from attacking the castle, too. Yes, but maybe not quite the way you'd think. Moats were built around the castle to stop attackers from digging tunnels to go underground to get to the castle. When enemies tried to dig a tunnel under the moat, the weight of the water in the moat caused the tunnels to collapse. Uh-oh. Don't look now, but we're being watched. There are towers on either side of the gate to the castle with several guards in each of them. See? 
We need to think very quickly, reader, or we may find ourselves on the pointy side of an arrow flying at us from an arrow loop in the castle wall. Hark! Who comes to Camelot? Be ye friend or foe? Why, hello there, Mr. Guard. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. We are time travelers from a distant time, and we are friends for sure. We come in peace to meet King Arthur, Queen Guinevere, and the Knights of the Round Table. Salutations, travelers. My name is Harold, and I'm a guard and a herald for the king and queen. Be our friends, ye say. Well, ye look harmless enough. But we have heard stories that thy small band of travelers has slayed the troll under the bridge. If that be true, methinks thee may have come to overtake our castle as well. On the ready, guards, don't let these troll slayers pass, lest ye encounter the same fate as Trowbridge the Troll. No, wait. Did you say you were Harold the Herald? Yes. Lauren, Harold the Herald is a character in one of my favorite Camelot books, The Adventures of Sir Givret by Gerald Morris. A herald is an officer of the royal court who carries the king's messages to his knights and his subjects. In that story, Harold reminds me of another character you may have read, Fancy Nancy. Just like Nancy, Harold loves to use fancy words, especially French words, just like Nancy. Oh no, Lauren, look. Those are arrows sticking out of the arrow loops and pointing at us. Do something, say something, quick, before they send those arrows flying at us. And say it fancy. Fancy? Uh, okay, I'll try. Um, nay, nay, I implore you to, uh, pause. Please believe me, sir, your most humble servant. We are amicable visitors, that means friendly, on a legendary quest here to explore Camelot and, er, perchance to rendezvous, that means meet, with the king and the queen and the knights of the round table. While we acknowledge that we conquered the troll who lived beneath the, um, aqueduct, it is because we had no other recourse. The troll announced to us that his stratagem was to eat all of us, we learned from your King Arthur that using strategy and knowledge in battle is often better than using brute force. Thus, drawing on our interpretation of the story of the Three Billy Goats Gruff, we were able to use our wits to overcome the troll, despite his greater brawn and strength. Impeccably stated. Tremendously expressed. What eloquence of language and purpose. I'm impressed. My friends, I say, huzzah! Well done, well done, well done indeed. And how very valiant and intrepid of all of ye. I am certain that King Arthur and Queen Guinevere will be quite pleased with this development. They told me to invite the brave warriors who slayed the troll to join them in the great hall but only if I found thee to be affable and gregarious. And affable thee are. Men, set down your bows and arrows and take down the drawbridge so that these honored warriors can enter the castle walls. 
goodness. Look around, reader. Inside the castle walls is even more incredible than outside. There's so much space in here. And so many people, buildings, animals, and more. I thought the inside of a castle was like the inside of a house. Rooms filled with people and furniture. But it's not like that at all in here. That's right, Lauren. There's a lot more than living quarters inside a castle's walls. Look, food is grown in here, right there in the middle of the courtyard. Do you see the rows of green plants filled with red and yellow tomatoes? The big green zucchinis and orange and yellow squash ripening on ropey vines stretching throughout the garden? And the beautiful fruit trees filled with red and green apples, bright orange pomegranates, and dark red cherries? And just over there, there are brown and white spotted cows and woolly white sheep grazing. There are also prisons, training grounds, kitchens, grain stores, living quarters, blacksmiths, and more here inside the massive castle walls. Warriors, or should I say, les guerrières, follow me as we enter the great hall together where King Arthur and Queen Guinevere are convening the Knights of the Round Table and where thee will encounter his and her majesty. This way. This isn't how I imagined the indoors to look either. It's very cold and very dark in here. It's so dark because the windows are very, very small. And look, the floors below our feet are bare stone or covered with animal furs, like in the room over there to our left. There isn't much furniture in here, and what little there is, is very plain. A few wooden tables and wooden chairs. And the only light comes from the tiny window and a few flickering torches. I always imagined palaces as being luxurious, not dark and unwelcoming like this. Me too, Lauren. But then I read that back in the early Middle Ages, palaces were not as comfortable as we might imagine them. Fireplaces had not yet been invented, so the only heat came from open fires that generated a lot of smoke, and furnishings were very sparse. The castle is also really stinky, because they don't have any bathrooms like we have today. P.U. My Lord King Arthur, King of the Britons, my lady, Queen Guinevere, noble knights, avec votre permission, let me announce the arrival of our lion-hearted and audacious warrior guests. Huzzah! Lauren, reader, I think we need to curtsy or bow to show our respect to the king and queen. Are you ready? Let's do it now. Great. Welcome, brave warriors, and now, dear friends. My kingdom is indebted to thee for slaying the troll who kept my subjects from using the only bridge to the castle. Huzzah! Huzzah, indeed! Is there anything that we can do to repay thy chivalrous act? Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. We are not worthy of the praise, but we so appreciate your hospitality, and we're all delighted to have this opportunity to meet you. I do not have any requests for you, and there is no need to repay us for outwitting the troll. But standing in front of you now, I would be honored to present you with a song. Oh no, it's happening again. One more try. Your Highness, what strange magic is this that I cannot create music for you? The reading bug and I had the same trouble on our journey here. And oh, look at your faces and those of the knights. 
You're all so sad. Have I done something wrong? Have I offended you? What has happened that made you all so sad? Young Lauren, in addition to being brave, you are also remarkably perceptive. In Camelot, we have suffered a great tragedy. My half-sister, Morgan Le Fay, has placed a curse upon our island. Oh my! Lauren, reader! I've read about Morgan Le Fay in Dragonslayer Academy. She is the most powerful witch in the world. Those who know her say that she is so mean that if a rattlesnake bites her, the rattlesnake dies. Why would she place a curse on Camelot? Morgan asked me to make her son, Sir Baudemagus, a member of the Knights of the Round Table. But I would not do it because he does not represent the code of chivalry that all of my knights must pledge to follow. Placing a curse on Camelot was Morgan's revenge. What is the curse? The curse is that forevermore, there will be no music on our island or in our castle. No music? It's terrible. Oh no, we love music. That is correct. When my husband's sister placed the curse on our island, we did not realize how horrible it would be. As time drags on without music, we, as well as our subjects, have become sad and depressed. Even our court jesters just won't jest anymore. Music has always surrounded our people. The songbirds in our gardens, mother's lullabies to the children, children singing songs as they play games in the bright spring sunlight. Even the lowliest or poorest peasant takes part in these simple activities that bring so much joy. In our churches, People sing songs for weddings, funerals, and to celebrate our religious holidays. Wandering minstrels play drums and lutes, bells, jingles, naders, tambourines, and tampany, and sing songs and ballads about love or great courage in battle. And in our palace, we celebrate tournaments, holidays, and festivals through music and dance. Oh, how we all miss the music that used to fill our days. King Arthur, Queen Guinevere, is there any way to end this curse that has placed such a dark shadow over your kingdom? Alas, the answer to thy question is nay. When she placed the curse, Morgan said that it could only be lifted if Guinevere and I became parents to a son who can inherit my throne. There is nothing that Arthur and I want more than to become parents, but I have been unable to bear a child. Now, now, Guinevere, I'm afraid it is true. We are unable to have a child of our own. Oh, uh, but pardon me, your highnesses. If the curse is lifted when you become parents, and if you really want to have a child to cherish, I think there may be another way for you to become parents and lift the curse. Have you ever considered adoption? Adoption? Arthur, have thee heard of this adoption? Prithee explain. Neither of us is familiar with this term. Oh, right. Lauren, adoption barely existed in this time. Not like in our time, where it is an important part of our modern culture. Queen Guinevere, adoption is when people love and raise a child who is not born to them as their own. A child who may not have parents of his or her own that is able to raise them or care for them. Adoption. Adoption. <laughs> Arthur, what a wonderful word. Lauren, there is so much love in our hearts, and we're so eager to share it with a child. 
I am sure that our son is living right here on this island for us to adopt. Arthur, we just need to find him. Indeed. Quickly, tell the royal staff to get to work. We must gather all orphan boys on this island to participate in a contest. The contest will help us find the rightful heir to the English throne and a lad we will love more than life itself. Brilliant idea, Arthur. Just as you became king when you successfully pulled Excalibur from the stone, the boy must prove his worthiness to lead England. We shall divide the contest into three tasks. First, to test their bravery. The lad shall cross the Lake of Enchantment, and the Lady of the Lake must decide to give one of them her magical sword, Excalibur. I learned in the story of King Arthur and his knights by Howard Pyle that the Lady of the Lake is named Nimu, and she is a powerful water nymph who lives in the Lake of Enchantment. In some legends, she is very good. For example, Nimu gave Excalibur to Arthur and she raised the most famous knight of the round table, Sir Lancelot, after his father's death. But in other stories, she is evil. Second, to test their intelligence, the lads must search for the elusive white stag that King Arthur has been hunting all these years. Lauren, I read that the white stag is associated with mythology and legends. The stag often appears in the forest around King Arthur's court, but has never been captured. Yes, yes! And finally, the rightful heir must pull Excalibur out of the stone, just like I did so many years ago. Lauren, Reading Bug, Reader, as brave warriors and as friends, you shall accompany the contestants on their journeys, lending your guidance and judging their bravery, cunning, and strength as they compete. And you shall accompany them as Knights of the Round Table. Knights? Nice. Us? That's right. Each of you has displayed bravery, intelligence, loyalty, kindness, and honesty. We are honored to have thee join our ranks. To become knights, all of thee must kneel before me. Down on your knees, just like that. What a great honor, your majesty. Reader, Lauren, quick, join me kneeling before King Arthur. Now, do not fear, but I will pass my sword over your head to knight each of you. First, reading bug. To honor your thirst for knowledge, your wisdom, and your sense of adventure, I knight thee, Sir Reading Bug the Reliable. Now, Lauren, for thy kindness and for thy compassion for friends and strangers alike, I knight thee, Sir Lauren the Loyal. Huzzah! And reader, for thy bravery in the face of grave danger, thy curiosity and love of learning, and for thy friendship, I knight thee, Sir Reader the Resolute. Reading Bug the Reliable, Reader the Resolute. Can you believe it? We've joined the Knights of the Round Table. And not a moment too soon. Look, the orphan boys are beginning to arrive in the courtyard. 
We must make haste to begin our contest, find our adopted son, and lift the curse that Morgan Le Fay placed on our kingdom. Look, Raider, crowds of people from across the kingdom are already gathering to watch the contest. Finally, people are smiling and enjoying themselves, even though there's still no music. It looks like a circus without the wild animals in the big tent. I see a puppet show over there, a magic show next to that, and even a bunch of jugglers. Jugglers? Remember how I learned to juggle when we went on our circus adventure? I think I'll fly over to see if those jugglers want me to join them. Don't leave now, Reading Bug. I see three young orphan boys who have come to participate in the contest, including our friends Tristan and Gavin. Remember them? They're the two boys we met when we first arrived here. Let's go say hello. Tristan, Gavin, hi. Do you remember us? You answered all of our questions when we first arrived in Camelot, and we're deciding whether to cross Trowbridge the Trolls Bridge. Do dragons have scales? Do warhogs have warts? Hello, of course we remember thee, brave warriors. We have heard how you deftly slew the troll and rescued the bridge from his control. How fun, how exciting. Huzzah, huzzah! Oh, but I didn't realize you were orphans. Yes, tis true. We have joined the contest, as sadly, we both lost our parents to the smallpox. Lauren, reader, smallpox was a very contagious disease in the Middle Ages, but thankfully it has been completely eradicated in modern times. That means it no longer exists. Oh me, oh my! I am so curious about what rewards might be earned by the winner of this contest. I hear rumors that the winner will become a knight in training. Wait a second. Tristan, I'm confused. I thought that you and Gavin were already knights in training. That's what you told us, isn't it? Well, we may have exaggerated a bit about our positions in the castle. We are not knights in training yet. We are kitchen aides who clean the dishes, set the fires for the cooks, and when needed, get rid of the rats who make their way into the kitchen. But we have always dreamed of becoming a knight in training, and when we're not working, we often make up our own training exercises in the hope that one day we will become official knights of the round table. Yes, and we're such close and loyal friends that Tristan and I have pledged to work together to win the contest and earn the reward. How fun today will be. It should be a wonderful adventure, and we're excited to be able to join you. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Welcome to the tournament called by King Arthur and Queen Guinevere. The winner of this tournament will become the adopted son of King Arthur and Queen Guinevere, trained to become a knight of the round table and become the rightful heir to King Arthur's crown. Three orphaned lads have come forward today to compete in the king's contest. Gavin the Gleeful, Tristan the Tenacious, and Sabin the Small. Sabin the Small? We haven't met him before. He must be the tiny, lonely-looking boy over there. Our queen has decreed that the contest will be a triathlon. To win one part, the contestants must demonstrate their bravery by crossing the Lake of Enchantment. The Lady of the Lake must find him to be worthy by his bravery and purity of heart 
to receive the sword Excalibur and bring it back to lay it at the feet of the king and queen. To win part two and proceed to part three, the contestant must demonstrate his intelligence by finding the white stag that King Arthur has been searching for lo these many years and lead the stag back to the king and queen. Legend has it that the person who captures the magical white stag may kiss the fairest maiden in the land. Since we all know my wife Guinevere is the fairest maiden in the land, I want to be sure that I am the only man who captures the stag and kisses the maiden, my beautiful wife. It is possible, although unlikely, that more than one contestant could win parts one and two. But our third challenge can only be won by a single contestant, the rightful heir to the British crown. Just as King Arthur pulled Excalibur out of the stone many years ago to prove that he was the rightful heir to King Uther Pendragon, the contestant who wins part three must pull Excalibur out of the same stone to prove that he is the rightful heir to King Arthur. Isn't this exciting, reader? A contest to determine who will become the adopted prince and rightful heir to the throne. Now that we are part of the legend of the Knights of the Round Table ourselves, I wouldn't want to miss a second of this, would you? But here we are, at the very end of part two of our adventure. So what should we do? Should we stay in Camelot to see which child is selected as Camelot's prince? Or should we head back home in the magic book bag? You're right. We must stay and see this adventure through to the very end. We've never needed a part three before, but it looks like we need one now. Why don't we pause our adventure here to create some more amazing illustrations that will help retell our adventure to our friends and family. While you wait for part three of our adventure, we can prepare ourselves for the contest and the rest of the adventure ahead. And since we're leaving Camelot and the castle's curse, we can finally play and sing a bit of music now. Congratulations on being knighted today by King Arthur himself, Reader the Resolute. You really can accomplish anything. When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything. As you grow, you'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can see it through Just by being you I'll play a bit of music in a minute for you to color to Who do you think will win the contest? Will Tristan's tenacity help him win? Or will Gavin be able to gleefully complete the challenges first? Or perhaps the new boy, Sabin, has a few tricks up his sleeve. Why don't you color your illustrations of the castle or the king and queen? Or imagine part three of our adventure before we return. In the meantime, if you want to read more about legends, castles, kings, queens, and knights, take a peek at all of the books in the Reading Bugs book bag at thereadingbug.com adventures. I can't wait to see you next time when our adventure resumes. Thanks for adventuring with me in the Reading Bug today. Goodbye! It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. 
Thank you for joining our adventure today. I'll begin playing coloring music in just a minute. And while you get ready to color some beautiful illustrations of all the things we saw and did on our adventure today, I have a few people to thank. Today's episode is sponsored by Random House Kids and their picture book, Grumpy Monkey, by Suzanne Lang. Hey, Reading Bug, have you read Grumpy Monkey? It's terrific, isn't it? Ugh. Hm. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Oh, Reading Bug, you're not sounding like the happy bug I know. Are you grumpy? Wait, who are you calling grumpy? <laughs> Reading Bug, that sounds like something Jim Panzee says in Grumpy Monkey, written by Suzanne Lang, illustrated by Max Lang, and published by Random House Kids. Jim is one grumpy monkey, even though he denies it. <laughs> you're right, Lauren. Maybe I am having a grumpy monkey kind of day. In the book, Jim Panzee's friend, Norman the Gorilla, tries to cheer him up by spending time with all their animal friends, but nothing seems to work, and Jim ends up yelling at those friends, which I learned is not the right way to deal with those feelings. It sounds like Grumpy Monkey taught you a valuable lesson. Yes, I learned that it's okay to be grumpy sometimes, and to have all kinds of other feelings too, as long as you don't hurt any of your friends. That's always easier with a good friend by your side. Thanks for being my good friend, Lauren. Of course, Reading Bug. At the Reading Bug Bookstore, we all recommend Grumpy Monkey as a wonderful, funny, and important book, and we're thrilled to introduce it to all of our listeners. You can buy Grumpy Monkey at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. And find out more about Random House Kids books by visiting rhcbooks.com. Thank you, Random House Kids, for your support. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thanks for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, Brandon, Riley, Diane, and John Savage, Katie Kerwin-Jelniak, Rosemary and Soren Hillsland, and by Rob DeCruz and Shannon Shern. Original music was written and performed by me and Alexa Thanos, and sound mixing and mastery was by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is a family-owned, independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription service at readingbugbox.com. And please continue to support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by shopping with us or other local independent booksellers wherever you can. Thank you.
Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank mm-hmm. you.